Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The Winter Olympics are streaming on Peacock live. Your all-access pass to stream every event every day. The Winter Olympics on NBC and Peacock. Mirror man, mirror man. You twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror Good morning and welcome to another edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I'm here with Matt. Hi Pete. And it's just us two again. It is indeed. No third wheels for us. It's just two... Elite. Elite. Salt of the earth. English guys excited to talk about the World Cup, to talk about Arsenal. But first, before we get into that, let's talk about your vacation. Not vacation, because I'm English. Let's talk about that holiday to Greece last week. How was it? Oh, it's bloody brilliant. Great weather. Uh, feeling, uh, feeling a bit low now I'm back. But one of the best things was uh, the time of the World Cup, because it was just built for you know, all-day viewing, starting early afternoon, last game at 9 p.m., here in the US, it's bloody shit because uh, the last game's so early at two o'clock. Yeah, the World. I was looking at the World Cup final because I'm on a shoot over the World Cup final, and I'm always doing something work related during a World Cup final, which is disappointing. But um, it's eleven. It's eleven in the morning. Not even. There's no build up. I've never done a World. I can't. Actually, we must have done a World Cup at an odd time because um, Korea. I don't know. Yeah, no, there was that. that, Yeah, when we played uh, that Japan one. Yeah, there's been some. Not that we're ever involved in the World Cup at the last stages anyway, but disappointing to see. But maybe this year, maybe this year. I know, I know. Now that we've beaten two shit teams. I like that it may be our year because everybody else is so utterly dross. Should we start with England? Yes. Yeah, well, let's start with England. Let's start with England. How how are you feeling about the, the first two victories? Is it just me? And maybe this is a terrible thing to say, but I'm still not excited. I I genuinely can't cheer. I know this sounds awful. I can't cheer for Harry Kane. No. I I don't even I don't even particularly hate him. I'm just not going to cheer. I'm just going to cheer him. I find it difficult to get motivated for players like Deli Ali. Deli Ali, Carl Walker. You know, they're just not exciting. I mean, the ones that I actually have... The, player, the one player who's actually caught my eye a bit is Lingard. I thought he's looked a bit toasty, but, and, I, and I don't hate him too much. But Tottenham players, come on. I know, I know. It's, um, I, I keep on reading the, 
you know, the Daily Mail approving of the squad, uh, like actually approving of Harry Kane. But I think there are a few people saying this squad is actually very likable. <laughs> this squad's very uninteresting. Well, likable. There's about five Spurs players in there. How's that likable? Delhi Ali, likable. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm sort of hoping that I, I hadn't really seen much of uh, Loftus Cheek before this, but he's actually looks pretty decent, doesn't he? He does look good. Yeah, he's. A big, big lad. I, and you stack him up against uh, Jordan. No, you cannot say that. It's stacking him up against uh, Jordan Henderson, who is f- a fucking beast. Um, uh, do you like him? Uh, very bland. I, and this is part of the worry. Like we've we beat Tunisia, just uh, we smashed Panama. But you do worry when we come up against decent opposition. The uh, the axis of dull, uh, Loftus Cheek. <laughs> Jordan Hand, I don't know. I don't know whether it's going to cut it at the highest level, but they seem happy, though, don't they? They do seem happy. I think one of the positives that I have had so far in uh, in the World Cup, England related, is the fans turning on the press. They got uh, they got turned over um, for bullying Raheem Sterling for his his gun tattoo and pretty much anything that he's ever done in his entire life. And then there was the uh, the long lens incident. It's amazing that there is even an argument that that's part of their job to report the team sheet. Like they'll be first on the back of anybody that's showing a lack of patriotism on the pitch, anybody that's not showing the right levels of effort, anybody that misses a penalty. But they get the opportunity to to bring those clicks into the paper, and it's all about journalistic integrity. But you know, they used to ask, they used to go, uh, "Would you rather Arsenal won the Champions League or England won the World Cup?" And that's a stupid question because we'd all obviously rather Arsenal won the Champions League. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. Do you reckon there? Uh, are, do you reckon there are any Arsenal fans who would rather England won the World Cup? I don't know. I just I, I always felt do they that, exist anymore because they used to. Yeah, I, I think that um, like for me, FIFA is FIFA is so deeply, deeply corrupt. And everything around the World Cup is uh, so grotesque. But it's, it's really difficult to get on board with the tournament. And and even at a basic level, I mean, I think the, don't get me wrong, the group stages have been a lot of fun so far. But there are so many diabolical teams that have shown up. Like what, like Saudi Arabia, like Panama, like these teams shouldn't be near an elite football competition. And I know that people say, well, you know, everyone's got to have a go. But this is, this is top level sport. Where's your limit? As in, would you rather Arsenal won the League Cup or England won the World <laughs> Cup? <laughs> it'd have to be, it'd have to be an elite trophy. Yeah. I can't, I can't say I would rather Arsenal win the FA Cup than England win the World Cup, and then say that Arsene Wenger should be fired <laughs> because he only won the FA Cup. All right, what about? Would you rather? This is my last one because this is getting really stupid. Would you rather Arsenal won a pre-season game at Barnet or England won the World Cup? I'll take, I'll take England winning the World Cup All there. Right. We found our level. I agree. Ah, I was trying to think of something related to Harry Kane. Okay, we'll just, we'll just, I'll just say this. Is Harry Kane the best striker in the world? No. No, no, no. Who's better than Harry Kane? Who would you rather have as your... Traditional striker. I know, but that's, you're changing the question. You're saying traditional striker now. Like, I'd rather have a Suarez, a Messi, a Ronaldo, any of those. I'd rather have a Costa. 
I can't believe he signed on for another year. The, the, what, what pains me about Harry Kane is not only is he unexpectedly fantastic, yeah, he's loyal. Why isn't he? Well, why know. isn't he knocking down the door? I mean, you have to say what's going to happen. Right, okay. So he's got five goals in his first two games. Imagine if England, against all odds, gets to minimum quarterfinals, maybe semi-finals, and he scores ten goals, which is probably what he'd need to do to get there. I mean, you'd have to say then that there, you know, the likes of Real Madrid, Juventus, Bayern Munich, they could be in for him, couldn't they? It's it's odd with Madrid. Now I'm going to put out another like weird sort of advertising esque question, but mainly because Madrid are all about uh, like the Galactico type players, and it does that doesn't always have to doesn't always have to match the talent if you know what I mean. Like they have a lot of underappreciated players that don't have a lot of market value. Like like Tony Cruz is an incredible player, but he doesn't get a lot of the spotlight because he's not as marketable. Uh, Harry Kane has got to be worth. 100 million. More. If Mbappe can go for 179 million or, or whatever he did, or 176, then um, then then he's got to be like a 200 million pound player. Maybe. But although is, you'd say is that he him. ever going to have the market value of a Ronaldo? Like, you know, I don't know. I mean, the thing that sets them apart between I, Messi and. I think one of the incredible things you've got to say about Harry Kane is that. Even now, people like to not rate him. Like, even now, we're trying to think of reasons why he's not great. I'm going, oh, I don't think he's the best striker in the world. Because he he is... he does, He's not amazing to watch in the sense of he hasn't got he can't he's not a great dribbler round player <laughs> but I mean, the memes of him <laughs> it can be a dribbler he's actually a great Look, dribbler looks like a dribbler but yeah but I mean, sorry he's fucking lethal he, he is but he's he's um he's ronaldo he's an ugly ronaldo isn't yeah. he he's he's incredibly powerful and very very effective but he's, you know, he doesn't have the flair of a of a Messi or a Neymar. He's like one of those really average players. He has a purple patch, except his purple patch has lasted like four years. Yeah, and he was in our academy. Yeah, unbelievable miss. Anybody else in the England team exciting you at the moment? I've been really impressed by Lingard. I was saying, um, you know, I thought he played well when when United played us at the Emirates, and I think he scored. And he looked good, but apart from that, he didn't really play that well all season. But I'm, I'm a little. I mean, I've seen a couple of people say it. if he keeps on the performances that he's putting in at the moment, he could be a real, you know, one of the top players in the Premier League next season. He was he's been outstanding. Um, so I've been impressed by him, John Stones. Uh, he's been good. Some great goals. Uh, yeah, it's been a, a fairly promising start, but. Um, like you said, it's two shit teams. And England always fuck it up. I've been impressed with Harry Maguire. Yeah, he's got a funny face. Yeah, but I tell you what, he knows how to spray a ball around. And I tell you, he, he's at that back post. Yeah. Gives me so much joy to see him uh, wading in. I and wonder... Then, wonder is, whether... is, he, is he got more is he got more to his game than, than meets his name? It doesn't sound like he should be an elite player. No, no. I mean, you don't think he's our well. Uh, this our is John a, Terry. If Wenger was still around, that would be a classic player to be linked with. You know, the Leicester City centre half. 
you know, oh, Arsenal are a bit dodgy at the back. They need a good, good old-fashioned Leicester centre half. But he's not, he's not old-fashioned, is he? No. He sprays the ball around yeah. really well. Well, in the first game, he gave the ball away more than any other player, I think. But he, he, he was good against Panama. Yeah, I said good against, good, good against, against Panama. Panama. Okay, so that's England. What about uh, some other? How, what we, we, Arsenal watch? Uh, we haven't missed Jack Wilshire. We should say for England. We haven't no. seen Danny Welbeck. No. But we have seen GX10. Sounds like a fitness workout. It does, yeah. Or a really delicious protein shake. Yeah. Um, yes. Granite so, Jacker. so, so, uh, so, Granite Jacker. He's. I, I think since we were last on the pod, got given a new deal. Uh, Arsenal, yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, Arsenal fans seem to have a lot of forgiveness. For certain players, and it's been the, it's been the same like throughout the banter years. There's always a player that uh, some intellectual fucking whatever online needs to tell you why you don't know anything about football if you don't understand X player, Alex Kleb, who was maybe a little bit he was ahead, very good. He, he was a little bit ahead of his time as well, but like he's you know he was he was a frustrating player. He could be okay. I'll, I'll take back Alex Kleb, but his end product was show. Ozil, Ozil. Um, I think everybody understands what he delivers. I think that not everybody sees the things that he doesn't do, but we'll talk about him in a bit. Alex Song. Yep. Jack Wilshire. Jack Wilshire, definitely. Yeah. yeah. You know, everybody sort of imagined, saw bits of his game, but everybody had to sort of like imagine that he was a better player. We all had to wake up and smell the coffee with Jack Wilshire, didn't we? We did, yeah. Even, like, if you go even further back, I remember the being strong debates about why Danielson was a great player. <laughs> I, I, that was during a period of time where Arsenal fans were so up their own asses. They were saying that there was that, that there will be no such thing as a defensive midfielder in the modern game because because Arsene Wenger refused to buy one. And I think that uh, the Jacker falls into that category. I have never seen. I can't remember a thirty. What a player that cost that much money making as many individual errors as he did last season, almost on a weekly basis. Every game he'd do something that led to a opposition goal or at least uh, uh, an expected goals <clears throat> notch. Yeah. So he got given a new deal, and you know, fine, we'll keep him on. Let's see what he can do in a proper system. He's used to playing. Um, under like a, a very tactical coach um, in Lucian Favre. But the interesting thing is that you've been with a Switzerland fan yeah. who says that there is a, a debate going on in Switzerland that uh, that might give, you know, some of the naysayers. Uh, but. Well, yeah, well, when, when, the, when the news came through uh, about the new Arsenal deal, my Arsenal WhatsApp messages went crazy. I was like, oh, who have we signed? And, uh, and it was Granit Xhaka signing a new deal. And everyone was really pissed off. Everyone was like, how the fuck has he got a new deal? Uh, and it turns out that... So, 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 so you're saying that, you know, Granite's one of those guys who gets the benefit of the doubt. Well, I think most Arsenal fans are not big fans of him. So it was surprising to get this new deal. But I spoke to a Swiss fan and he said, um, it's the same in Switzerland in the sense of... Uh, no one particularly, no one understands why he's in the team apart from the coach. And for the coach, he's at the first name on this team sheet. And it just reminded me a little bit of, do you remember that all those 
years ago for the Invincibles when Gilberto first joined us. And believe it or not, we actually thought Gilberto wasn't very good for a while. Almost a year or so, even though he was playing in front of the most successful Arsenal team ever. And then he got injured for half a season and everything fell apart. Then it came back and everything was good again. The invisible wall. Yeah. And it was just, you need a, you need a player who can do that. And maybe, maybe Granite Jacques is that guy. Maybe, maybe we've been underestimating GX10. Yeah, I'm, and like I've said, all, all summer, you have to almost give everybody a blank. And it's interesting that Emery's giving him a new deal, isn't he? Yeah, I, I, heard, um, I heard that he was a fan of him. I also heard that um, Emery tried to sign Mkhitaryan when he was at PSG, but they signed like Jesse instead. So it's it, going to be interesting to see what sort of a plan he's got, especially as he's signing um, uh, Torreira. Yeah, um, who you, you mentioned impressed today had a had an impressive a game, snarling uh, DM. Yeah, so uh, Torreira is going to obviously play at the base of midfield. So I'm guessing we're, are we going to set up with a diamond in midfield, Jacker Ramsey with Özil at the top, or are we playing two up front? I don't know what the fuck is. I mean, it's exciting that we don't know what the fuck's going to go on because we've known exactly what's going to happen <laughs> every single summer uh, for years. <laughs> for the last 10 years. Yeah, so um, so that's uh, that, that's interesting. While we're on World Cup Watch, um, Lick Steiner. Yeah. Um, uh, who I've been pronouncing his name incorrectly for a while. Uh, it was great seeing him barking orders from the sideline. And I came across this funny quote from a Swedish referee named Jonas Eriksson, and he said, I have met several international players, and to judge a person, you have to meet them several times, and not just once when they have a bad day, because everyone can have a bad day. But I have met Lick Steiner several times, and he is one of the most unpleasant players I have met. <laughs> that makes me so happy. I love happy. that, yeah. <laughs> like, I, not because I wanted to be mean, but you know, don't, don't we give refs an easy ride at Arsenal? And hasn't ever, doesn't everyone, you know, think about if you're riffing a game and you've been dealing with Theo Walcott, uh, Aaron Ramsey, Kishelny, Monreal, Bellerin, you know, it's like, a, it's like a dream afternoon. You know, you can sleepwalk your way through that lot. Imagine the opposite when you're, with, when you're up against like Terry and, you know, people like, people like that, they're just real arseholes. I, uh, so I managed a football team. Uh, a few a few years ago, like an adult football team, and um, I, I was experimenting with things. And one of the things that used to get my nerves is everybody would gather around the referee, and I was like, it just gets in the way. Everyone gets upset, so we'll have a rule. Like the captain is the only person that speaks to the ref, and we'll leave it at that, and then we can concentrate on on the other bits. And we did it for about two games, and then you realise you don't get the decisions if you don't shout at the ref. Like it's it's as simple as that. Like if uh, so, not having so, like that, what Terry and Suarez and Ronaldo do, it pays off. It pays dividends. And I don't think Arsenal have had a nasty trick. Like Thierry Henry, when he was captain, was the absolute pits, wasn't he? Yeah. Just such a nice guy all the time. So it'd be nice to have a bit of nastiness. I don't know, but he was always giving the rest and chat, wasn't he? Do you think? Oh, like, I don't know. Like, but you, want, yeah, you want you want Lee Dixon, Nigel Winter, all those people, you know. Screaming at you. Screaming in the rest. Screaming. When Tony Adams, what was it? Do you remember that game when uh, George Graham forgot to tell them that uh, 
David Ellery was wired up. So you had uh, Tony Adams literally screaming at David Ellery going, you're a cunt. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it was all captured on, uh, on, on the wire. Yeah, if you do that in rugby, you're off. No, no questions. I don't understand why. I suppose football, you'd have to go through probably three months of finishing the game with like seven men on one side, eight on the other. Because uh, footballers are not the sharpest. Uh, anyway, so that's the uh, that's the World Cup roundup. Uh, next, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the bling bling gang and our new keeper, Burnt Leno. And we are back, and we're going to talk about something very serious. We're going to talk about gang culture, and that's uh, that's gang culture from uh, the German national team. Uh, none other. The Meza Erzl sat at the uh, at the centre of massive controversy in Germany. They lost their opening game to Mexico, and there were ramifications to be had. Did you watch that game, Matt? No, you did not watch that game. So it was it was a little bit unfair. I've heard I've, I've heard I've heard about it. Yeah, and I think it's uh, it's all rather predictable. Yeah, a lot of bad players, like Thomas Muller uh, was shit. Cruz uh, was also shit, but they retained their places and didn't quite get the slamming um, that Meza got in the media. It's also worth mentioning that in the run-up to the World Cup, um, Meza took time out with Gundogan to go and hang out with uh, Erdogan of Turkey, who is a little bit of a dictator, and that didn't go down very well with the German media. Didn't go down with uh, the German people either. Apparently the, the German fans were taking their upset to, to the stands. So uh, after the game, Mesut was a bit of a scapegoat. I've got some quotes. And uh, tell me if you've seen this movie before. Alfred Draxler. Ozil thinks of himself and not of the team. Mario Basler. Ozil's body language is like that of a dead frog. It's pathetic. Stefan Effenberg, uh, completely misjudged on the decision to start him. And uh, big mouth, Lothar Matthias, uh, who reads a little bit like he'd probably work for TalkSport, said, Ozil uh, on the pitch, I often have the feeling that he does not feel comfortable in the DFB jersey. Um, it's almost as if he does not want to play. There is no heart, no joy, no passion. A little bit, a little bit extreme for a, for a World Cup winner. But we we have heard these accusations before. So what's uh, what's your hot take on this? Well, I think um, when you lose your first game in a major tournament, as we've seen with England over the years, you are really under pressure. You have to at least draw your first game. And when you're the world champions, uh, the pressure's even greater. So when Germany, everyone was, everyone was pretty much expecting Germany to make it semi-finals at least. They've got such a strong team. They're tournament ready. They've got the right mentality. You know, there was, no one was thinking, oh, I'm a bit worried about Germany. Uh, and they had a bad game and they lost. And when that happens... You know, everyone's looking for a scapegoat, and Meza Özil is a consistently easy scapegoat. I think one of the interesting things is when a team doesn't play well that features Meza Özil, he will also have probably not played very well. 
he's never like the one player playing well. He tends to be just sort of dragged down to whatever's happening. When Arsenal don't play well, Mesut Ozil wasn't playing well. When Arsenal play well, Mesut Ozil plays well. You know, it's... Uh, I think that's a really interesting point. But do you think that a player that earns 350 grand a week with that amount of talent should sometimes be able to pick a team up by the scruff of the neck like a, a Ronaldo? Yeah, we've just had this argument so many times. I mean, I it's heard... just not I, him, right? Well, I just heard someone say... Uh, he had he put he had he created five chances in his first game and yet you know <laughs> I can see you smiling at that one I know, yeah well, the, because we've said this before he's the ultimate quarterback yeah. isn't he and, um, and so it's like he, cre- he created five chances what more do you want like, yeah and, and if someone takes two of them he's got two assists in the opening game and Germany wins so he's won the comments about him not looking comfortable in the in the German show absolute nonsense because he's yeah. won the Player of the Year five times. It's, um, and he's won everything. So, and, and normally he's actually looked more than comfortable in the Germany shirts. They've normally had a system that works for him better. He's more like, comfortable than he does in the Arsenal yeah. shirt, right? Um, Desight, um, Rafa Honigstein, sent this to me, said uh, Ozil had been vengerized. <laughs> you, can't, you, you can't help but agree. What do you uh, think, uh, What does that mean? I think that that means that you, uh, that you become like a, a wild animal that comes into the warmth of a house. You get fat, like having your belly rubbed. <laughs> don't, don't want to go outside in the cold anymore. I think I've been paying around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a, a, a part of this comes down to the amount of talent that Ozil has as well. Like, you know what he's capable of and... Um, but but you're right. It, uh, he's not um, he's not he's not able to lift his game when others are, are, are falling flat, which is uh, which is a shame. What do you what, what do you think Emery's thinking? He's got to make it work, hasn't he? Emery's got to make it work. You can't you can't leave 350 grand's worth of talent on the bench. No, and he will make it work. I think, especially at home. I mean, it'd be interesting. Maybe he'll be. Maybe he's not going to play so many away games. Maybe he'll be dropped for that. But at home, I think it's worth having him in the team still every game. Um, building a solid structure around him, especially if we're talking about this Xhaka's Herrera pivot at the base of midfield that just sounds so hard and rigid. Uh, you know, it's going to, it's going to, maybe the whole plan is to free up Ozil to do what he does best. And I don't, do you think they'll play him at a number, a traditional number 10 or do you think he'll like, he'll sit out wide? No, like I, he does? I think he'll play a traditional number 10. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to have to work hard that you can't play a traditional... Well, you Jack, can't play a Wenger 10. Now that Jack's leaving, uh, Ozil can get the number 10 shirt. Yes, very true, very true. Okay, cool. So uh, let's move away from the World Cup and let's talk about the our latest signing. We signed Bernd Leno. Yeah. £25 million. Pounds. Interesting signing considering we gave Czech the number one jersey. What do you read into that? Yeah. I mean, um, he's... I'm hoping that the, uh, right now they're both the number one and they've got to fight it out between them. I'm hoping that they're not going into the season with Czech already as number one. I don't think they are because I think Emery will be, be, will be judging every player based on their performances. So come first game of the season, I'm hoping we've got a new number one because uh, we've got a bit to prove. I mean, some of, the rate, some of the reviews, though, have been a bit hit and miss. So it'll be interesting to see whether... Uh, he can live up to his potential rather than his last sort of season or so of action. That has been a little bit disappointing. Someone made the, the interesting point that Ter Stegen of Barcelona had a bit of an average season before he got his move. 
And then he turned out to, you know, I, I don't know whether people ever, do people ever list Stegen as one of the best keepers in the world? No. But he's, but he's, he plays in one of the most effective systems uh, in the world. Uh, so he's either going to turn out like Stegen or he's going to end up like Carius. But he can't really be worse than Czech. I mean, Czech's just finished, I think. He's over, yeah. It's going to be fantastic to have a goalkeeper that can play out of the back. And his, his reflexes are exceptional. I, and I also, like, you can't be... It's very difficult to be a goalkeeper that plays well at a shit side, especially if a side has been doing well. I kind of feel like maybe that was part of the problem with, with Czech. I don't, I don't think it was necessarily Mourinho's uh, expert opinion on identifying when a, a, a player is about to, to fall off a bridge. Like He's had plenty of examples where he's got that wrong. But I just I just think coming to well, Arsenal after Chelsea... He's outstanding. Yeah. You know, it must have been a shock to the system to be have so much to do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So talking of goalkeepers, um, let's talk about the ultimate shit-off. Chesney, uh, Volchek Chesney, yeah. David Ospina, who won out for you last night? Uh, well, Colombia won, so Ospina won out. But, I mean, they both... Uh, Chesney's got the. It's, got, he, it's no wonder that him and Jack Wilshire are such good mates because Chesney has the same effect on me as Jack Wilshire. I end up going, oh, maybe Wojciech's the guy. Maybe he should be Arsenal number one. Uh, you know, he's got hair apparent to Buffon at Juventus. A massive Arsenal fan. I know he had a fag in the shower, but, you know, he's a good guy. And then you see him playing, you're like, he's. When he missed the ball. Yeah. Oh, so I'm like, oh my God, that's the sort of thing that I do in Sunday League. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, and he's not going to be number one at Juventus. Well, I, I Juventus, are, Juventus, have, Juventus have just spent ten and a half million on Pavon uh, from from Genoa, who's I, I think he's been there like the Genoa's number one for eight seasons, and Juve don't spend ten and a half million on somebody to come in as anything other than no, no, the no. number Chesney, one. Chesney's going to be smoking in the showers. Yeah. Yeah. During the first half. And then Ospina, I mean, poor old Ospina. He just hangs around like a bad smell, that guy. I know. <laughs> said, fuck off. Uh, and he always gets injured. He does, yeah. He spends half the time rolling around on the ground and he's so bloody small. He is. He, I, he, I've got nothing good to say about Ospina. And, he, and, and he he's makes not a, that bad, is he? He but makes a spectacle as well. He, know, he knows how to play for the cameras. When they say, when, when, cause I, was, I was watching the game and I was thinking, is Ospina going to play? Is he actually, does, does, does anyone trust him? And, but yeah, he's their number one still. They love him. Well, quite a few uh, nations are suffering because they've got number twos as their number ones. Um, Argentina had a disaster with Caballero. Um, Ospina's not had a good game. Like he was terrible in the first game. Chesney hasn't been great. Like I don't understand how a whole nation can pick a number two as their number one. But hey, that's not me. I'm not in international management. I'm not in international management. You were in a Sunday League management, though. I was, and I finished second in the first season, got promotion, and we finished first in the second season. So does that make me as good as Wenger? You got vengerized, mate. I got vengerized. <laughs> I got vengerized. So before, so we've got a few more things to talk about before we we finish this uh, this this podcast today. Uh, new players uh, linked to the club. It's been a bit slower this week. Not as uh, not as many exciting links, but one name. Have we have we signed Socrates? 
And I don't know. I don't think it's... They're announcing it on July the 1st, is it? Yes, yeah, it's, it's not on the official website. I don't understand why they're, why they're holding that one off. I think it's financial year, July the 1st. But I'd just like to get these done. I'm sort of like... I've been burnt too many times. Yeah, you get the uh, the, the 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 venger jitters. Yeah. The 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 judge me at the end of August jitters. Because if we've got this, we've got the Sw- the Swiss right back. We've got the goalkeeper. If we get Socrates, the DM. I mean, you've got to be sort of, we're sort of done, aren't we? Really? I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where else you could sign that. We were linked to the Russian Golovin. Yeah, and uh, and the Seville midfielder. Uh, yeah, Eva Banega. He's been linked heavily because it's quite an interesting situation that they've got over there. It's it, he he got he got brought over to Sevilla uh, by their sporting director, and he basically took a pay cut to to play for this sporting director. And I think his wife wanted to move back, and then the sporting director got shifted on, and he's really upset about it, and he's threatened to quit. So. I don't know whether I'm, I'm guessing he's looking for a payday. He's 29 years old, um, so uh, I don't know whether he's whether we're actually interested in signing him. But Kike Morin seems to think that um, he's one of those players that uh, that Emery really trusts. He's got a, he's got kind of a similar game to to Jack Wilshire. Like he's a bit of a powerhouse. He's a bit of an all action midfielder. Loves going Vegas. Loves going Vegas. <laughs> loves the upskirt shots. Uh, so, but he he'd be a great he'd be a great signing, and it would continue the the strategy of making sure that there is enough experience to get into the top four next season. And then, if you get Champions League money, um, then you can make a real go of it the next season and start spending wildly like Liverpool. Um, so yeah, so 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 not too many players linked. Uh, but interesting thing will be like who who we're going to let go. I think we've just. Rough estimates of our, our wage bill. I think we've added about twenty million in uh, in wages since January. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know how we're getting away with that from so a league gone. perspective. Mertesacker's has gone. Um, Cazorla's gone. Um, so yeah, I did. I did and, some, Wilshire, and Wilshire. So that's actually probably about the same as. It's probably about three hundred grand a week. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But it's it's been exciting and drama free. Yeah, um, which is uh, very unlike Arsenal. Very unlike Arsenal. Okay, cool. Well, that um, that wraps kind of that, that wraps it that wraps it up. Yeah. Um, I wondered if there was anything else that I wanted to speak about before we go. In. Um, we're uh, I'm potentially trying to get a, a sports scientist on the show in the next couple of weeks. Um, a friend from uh, from the UK who uh, who works with the FA who might want to have a little chat with us. Um, and uh, I think there was somebody else that I was looking at getting on for a guest as well. So we're gonna we're gonna try and um, get some interesting folk on to to have a chat with you. We might add a third person um, to the roster next week to keep you all excited. So um, on that note, I'm gonna say goodbye. Thank you very much for coming in, Matt. Cheers, Pete. Speak to you soon. Bye. Streaming the biggest sports and live events on the planet from Super Bowl 56 to complete coverage of the Winter Olympics, streaming every event every day. It's all the unprecedented, unstoppable, unbelievable sports to love. 
Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.